0: We are back for another crazy-ass week in the summertime with Sheen.
1: What's going on, everybody? I'm Nick.
0: And I'm Victor.
1: (sighs) (laughs) It's been too goddamn hot.
0: It's getting there. It was hot down south. I was just down there um, for, for two days in Virginia. And while I was excited to see lightning bugs, I was out here sweating. I was just like, Lord, this is too much. I can't. This
1: heat makes you want to slit somebody's throat.
0: Okay. Well, I it's don't, that kind of heat. Well, I don't want to murder nobody, but I just feel like I just needed to be drinking some cold <laughs> water every five seconds. But it's, it yeah, it is getting a little hot. You know, I'm in the valley. So we get, we get that heat, but we get a nice little breeze. It'll come out around five o'clock. Uh
1: huh. So, <laughs> This is the podcast where you can get all your geek and gay news from the perspective of black gay men. So, Victor, what have you been up to since the last time we recorded?
0: Well, um, I have been, you know, working with my Kickstarter, which we are. We're we're doing pretty good. You know, we we hit seven days. We're almost to $1,000, which I'm happy about. Um, which you know that's you know thank y'all for participating but we still got work to do and I I had to do a quick travel I had to do some uh, quick travel for work Um, and uh, I had to go down to Richmond Virginia which was super hot Um, And I had to wear, you know, a shirt and tie, and I stepped outside, and I was like, no, we cannot. And it was so cute, because the little woman who was at the hotel, because I was supposed to go over to a building, and I thought I had to walk over there, and she said, no, honey, it's too hot for you to be walking in this. Let me call and see if they can come pick you up. It was like so southern down to a T, and just like that, they came and picked me up. She was like, it's too hot for him to walk down there. What did y'all expect? I heard on the phone. What do y'all expect him to do? He's going to fry all the way over there. So that was an event. Went down there, traveled right back. Um, And, you know, right now, um, getting ready for Comic-Con. That is in two and a half
1: weeks. Damn, really? Yeah. Shit, that comes up quick.
0: It does. And, you know, I had to, like, you know, you have to get your coins together because, you know, this has been a different um, few months. So I've been, you know, trying to save up. But I had other things to take care of. And I was like, Lord, okay, so we already got this check comes in Friday. Like, well, this check cannot be touched. This check is basically <laughs> Comic-Con because, you know, you got a hotel, you got space, you got to have food. And so, you know, I was getting ready for that. And I got to work on my panel, our black and queer panel. It's going to be lit. We'll have some special guests. Um, friend in the show, um, Valerie Complex, will be on the panel. Woo! So I am very excited for that. Um, we have some good discussions and stuff. So, you know, I'll try to get some of that online so y'all can see it. Um, but excited for that. But, yeah, this kind of is coming up too quick.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. It is.
0: What about yourself? What's going on with you?
1: Um, let's see. I'm in the process of trying to find another place, um, we've kind of outgrown we need more space especially for the boyfriend because he feels trapped in his sewing room (laughs) so we need to get more space um, what else has been going on? I've been watching, um a lot of DC animated movies, especially Mm -hmm. the ones that they have on Hulu, Mm -hmm. I watched uh, what was it, Justice League um shit now I'm blanking out. Justice League, I think it was Dark.
0: It's dark and there's Doom and then there's the one they go meet different people from the timeline. So,
1: yeah, yeah, I haven't watched Doom yet. Uh-huh. I did watch uh what was the one that I know Gina Torres did a voice. Oh, I
0: think it was Crisis Infinity Earths. Was it that one? Yes. She was yeah, Superwoman.
1: Um they've been pretty good. We've yes. always said that DC DC's animated films are way better than their uh, live action movies um,
0: look these kids are else? loud so for the listeners today we have kids out here so no, I'm not in my normal space so they are a little bit louder today but anyway go ahead special,
1: special guest Yes. Uh, what else have I been doing um, not really much at all I'm trying to catch up on some shows trying to get some uh, articles up for the website because I have been lacking in that, like, awfully.
0: I have been too. I need to actually just, just start putting stuff up. We could probably, yeah, we probably need to start using this summertime hotness to get some stuff up.
1: Exactly, We're, we've been lacking. But other than that, oh, last week, well, this past weekend was Pride here in Lexington. And that was fun we only went down there for like an hour got some food and then went and found some air conditioning. cause that heat (laughs) I tell you that heat was no joke I said people were down there since 11am I was like bitch what I won't do is that (laughs) and that heat to just be walking around mm -mm, and drinking like I can understand if it was cool, I could get like a a buzz going, but it was hot. And there's no way in hell I'm going to start drinking alcohol and like be in that kind of heat. No, no way. That's not a good mix. It's not. Fuck around and pass the hell out. (laughs) But that's all I've been up to. Okay. Well,
0: yeah. Um, actually, you know, I wouldn't mind, be, you know, looking for, you know, a different space. I see people are, people are, this is like the best time to do it. So everybody's like moving in the summer and I'm sure that might be really fun. But it's always, you know, I think people need to stop doing that. Well, you have to pay doubles. So you have to pay like the first month's rent and then the last, something like that. Like they shouldn't do it. Just be like, look, you need somebody to take this space. Here is an extra $10. And I can move in tomorrow <laughs> like if I can't just be that simple like just take this extra $50 and I'll start moving in the next day how about that you don't need double the money I'm not even here yet
1: exactly like I gotta I gotta pay last month for the final place mm-hmm. then I gotta put it down a deposit yeah and yeah it's a lot of yep. shit that you have to pay for
0: I'm not like y'all asking for too much I still gotta pay rent the old place that was like look come we got to work something out. <laughs>
1: Ugh. Anyway, let's get into M.A.C. because I know we have a lot.
0: We do, and stuff just popped up today. Let's, let's kind of get into that because it just... You know, okay, I'm going to say this. I have always given this person the benefit of the doubt. When nobody else does, I'm like, you know what, You know, maybe they'll figure something out. Maybe they'll come around. But apparently this person still just hasn't... Learn their lesson after stuff in the past. You know, Miss Scarlett Joe I think up you're talking here.
1: about that bitch. Okay. Did, <laughs> it's just
0: sitting up here. Just okay. Now we already knew this. She already took some L's for playing an Asian character, knowing full well she was not Asian. And even though some people try to you know argue to say what well, she's doing, kind of a think of her as Sylock, because you know if you know Sylock, Sylock is basically a British white woman. Who later, you know, Uh got in some issues with Mojo and Spiral to where she became Asian. And so someone wanted to say, you can kind of play it that way. I was like, well, no, because the the you what you're saying is there should have still been an Asian woman playing the role then. Right. Uh, Because, yeah, she could have been a white woman in the past, but she's Asian now. But anyway. um, So now she has a chance to play a trans man. Um... And, you know, well, I was like, okay. And I saw this. going to be, what the, the movie's called Rug and Tug, something like that.
1: Um, yeah, the movie is about a, uh, she's going to star as the Jean Marie Gill.
0: Yeah.
1: And Marie Gill was a, basically a crime boss. And I think, um, if I read correctly, something to do with uh, ma- massage parlors. And she was a big time Crime boss back in the day. Okay. What, uh, and she was also trans. So she, either she was in the steps of transitioning to a man or Mm. had realized that she, her actual identity was a man and not a woman. Whatever the case may be, she wasn't what Scarlet's playing. Yeah. Basically. And, Johansson also, she put out like a, uh, because she was getting a backlash, she put out a uh, a statement. Ooh, she could have kept and that. she, she could have kept all of this. And this is uh, verbatim. She said, "Tell them that they can be directed to Jeffrey Tambor, Jared Leto, and Felicity Huffman's rep for comment." So, okay, bitch, like <laughs> you like you could have kept all of this but just to say oh i got bills to pay too so fuck y'all yeah i would rather you have said that than this shitty ass statement and in this day of age where you would have shows like my house like pose like a lot of others to have actual trans actors yeah there's no excuse like isn't uh, Matt Balmer supposed to be playing a, a trans yes. a trans person in an upcoming film like yes. I can understand to a certain extent where a film studio wants to have a known name but those known names are not making y'all money in fact y'all are losing money when it's all said and done so this whole bankable actors is this is not the myth that it was supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it and then also what is interesting is I mean her response was very interesting. I was like, that's not how like I feel like she should have came out a little bit better or been a little bit more wiser after the the backlash with um Ghost in the Shell, whatever it was. Ghost in the Shell or whatever that movie was at the time. I uh-huh. know. What- what she but then you what i'm thinking is these agents are out here because of you know jerry leto winning i think he won an oscar right for playing the role that he played and they all thinking like oh, well but this is the way you're gonna get an oscar you know um eddie redman was also nominated for for when he played a trans woman um you know you have you probably agents try to get them like this is how you get your oscar blah 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 and they're looking for these opportunities too and, you know, I yeah, I understand you want to play a role that's challenging to you. But at the same time, as you were saying, we have trans actors out there. We're seeing a lot of that action in Pose. You think about Tangerine. You think about, um, hell, you think about when you watch American Horror Story, you have Ch- Chas Bono. He's out there acting and stuff. There's a lot of trans men. We even post some up on... Um, on our Twitter to say, we just found six <laughs> by using Google, who are already, who've been acting, who are out there, who's doing theater, who's doing musicals. I understand I want a name attached to this, but I also think if you want talent attached to it, you should try to find people who are trans. That, what, that tells the story. And I feel like that will be what draws people to the movie. You know, that, what draws us to Pose is the fact that these are trans women. These are real trans women. Um, and we see that versus seeing women playing trans, you know. So, and I think, and you know, it's again, she should have been a little bit more wiser. Um, and you know, she could still back out. Um, I, she's not hurting for for roles and money. I'm sure she has plenty opportunities. She has a couple more bouts to be Black Widow. So, I she. Personally, she should take a an L and just kind of step aside
1: on this role. Oh. Ugh. <laughs> Y'all straight people are so fucking annoying. <laughs> like, really fucking annoying. Like, I saw one um, vice mayor in somewhere in California, in Dixon, California, saying, oh, July should be uh, straight pride month. And then I saw somebody, <laughs> some uh, nigga... Posting July straight Pride Month. I was like, y'all, just to go jump off a cliff, some of y'all. Because y'all are really fucking doing the most.
0: It's causing a lot of problems. Because I feel like what they need to do is just realize their privilege. You already have all these months. Everything is set around you. So, And then also, again, when it comes to these roles, y'all have opportunities to have plenty of roles. Trans actors don't have these opportunities. They don't have these opportunities. And so, she should step aside and say, you know what? There are trans men out here. Who am I to take a role from someone? I'm out. Let's move on. What else we have? Well, let's see. Well, uh, we have some interesting stuff. We have... Before we get into Drag Race, we can, <laughs> we can talk about, um, let's see, well, the New York Times. And, oh, my God. And, <laughs> okay, the New York Times, um, they dropped a bomb about Batman 50. And, you know, I'll, well, I'll be nice, and I won't really get into the sport. I mean, pretty much everybody knows at this point. Um, we've been hearing about this marriage between Catwoman and Batman. Um, Which
1: is, why would they even get married in the first place?
0: True. But apparently, they're not getting married. <laughs> yeah. So, and that was spilled, that tea was spilled um, through the New York Times, and people are all upset. Now, part of me was like, you know, I'll be honest, I, I, I'm i not into Batman that way, so I wasn't, like, hurt. But then I was thinking, what if it was one of my favorite comics, and, you know, somebody died, like so, said, well, Storm dies, and, you know, something like that, or... Wonder Woman dies or something like that. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Well, now you know. I, I, fuck your
1: track.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so therefore, I'm like, well, well, shoot. Well, and you know, we interesting enough, I remember when Captain America died. I remember when that comic came out, and I think that was it was semi spoiled that he was going to die, but it also really made us that day when we knew that was going to go down. We flew. I remember I left work. I told my my staff I was like, you know what? I'm out. I got to go get this comic because it's going to be gone. So what I'm hearing is now, you know, some retailers are upset. You know, it's like they order so many of them and they may not be able to get it. But I feel like it might work the opposite way. People might be like, oh, OK, I know what's going on. I need to go get it because if you know what's going to happen, people might show up and buy a few copies, you know, buy more, sell out. You never know how this may play play out so when i think about that time when cap died in civil war when that was running back um whoo back in 2006 um then sure around 2006 2007 that's when i think he died then it could be it could you know work out in their favor but you know new york times was kind of shady for that and they they i think they said that they regret doing that and i'm trying to figure out why did you not it feel like somebody who wrote this article didn't really know about comics they didn't know about how that was a, a spoiler right what
1: well, they spoiled it in the headline <laughs> so even if you didn't read the article and you saw the headline it mm-hmm. was like well i don't have to read it now <laughs> and like wasn't there a lot of like you said a lot of comic book uh places and things they were building up to this they mm-hmm. had like
0: a little a Vince midnight playing. yeah
1: sh- uh shit happening and all this stuff and for it to be like well <laughs> that ain't gonna happen y'all true so. and it's already a lot going
0: <laughs> to on because to. yeah because because to, basically tonight everybody's going to be trying to see ant-man and wasp the first purge and then you around my local um couple of stores around the area. They were going to have events, like midnight events, to be like, you know, before you go see this movie, come get this, or all this, or what have you. So they, you know, there was stuff planned. I think my comic store up the street, are they still going to do it anyway. You know, they're going to go ahead and do their little their little show, but it just felt like that, you know, it was no care to this, and right. maybe, again, maybe the person just didn't realize the effect of this, but, yeah, it pissed off a
1: lot of folks. Like, a lot It was stupid. It was very stupid of him. Yeah, it really was. But was this an op-ed? Because New York Times op-eds have been, like, are trash.
0: Not really an op It was just like, I think it was like announcing things and they just did it very, very <laughs> nonchalant. Okay. I was like, okay, y'all, because somebody post up what they put and I was like, okay. But yeah, you're right. New York Times have been doing a lot. They've been trying to, as I've been told, they're trying to show the other side of America because, you know, they want to show that they're not so liberal. They're not going to listen to other voices. Oh, girl, fuck that side. But I'm about to say like, yeah, but we don't need to hear what they got to say because they don't even know what they're saying. You know, right? right, right now there's a you know, they just did a thing where I think it was The Daily Show or someone went down to South Carolina where, you know, he has to have one of his, his um self-esteem rallies. Yeah, that's and who
1: is still doing rallies. Who does that?
0: Somebody uh, who, who who is insecure and don't have, you know, strong self-esteem, self-worth. That's who still do that type of mess. Like a but narcissistic, yeah, narcissistic piece of shit. But when they went there and I talked to those people and asked them about Space Force, I was like, see, this is how...
1: You... Space Forces already happened and it was like season four or five of Power Rangers, so too late. Po.
0: But yeah, these folks that's another topic for another time, but you know, I have to wonder sometimes <laughs> that you know, who are the, you know, it, it makes you there's a there is uh George Orwell, if if that's the type of story you can tell about people like that. And what if somebody decided to, like, do something to those people? Like, you know, I always feel like there is a perfect scientific science fiction story you can talk about. Like, what if, you know, Stephen King did a thing about the dome and people trapped in the dome. Like, what if you put like what if someone decided to, like, put those people in the dome and like or ship them off to another planet or, you know, shudder to think that what if there was a Magneto or someone who just felt like, OK. So how do I deal with people like this? Hmm. You know, like I, I've thought of some stories and, and I'll be honest, these are very horrific stories. Like what if a black person that had like Phoenix and Carrie like powers decide to take revenge on a place like the South? Like, could you imagine what that will look like? And just,
1: uh-huh.
0: oh God, like it, it will be, no, no, let me, let me not put too much out there. Cause I might want to write this and then get in right. trouble. <laughs> And then get in trouble. Well, there you know, there's already a story that gets in stuff like that and you know, I think it's the comic or the graphic novel called Black, um, that kinda touches a little bit on that. But anyway, it's just interesting to think about that part of the world. Well, hell, this is the part of the country. And on a side note, when I was at the airport in Richmond, Virginia, there was this white boy wearing uh a, a, a sweatshirt, uh, make America great again sweatshirt walking free as he please in airport and I looked at him and he saw me look at him and he turned away really quick I was like yeah you know I'm eyeing you
1: right like bitch you can get these hands it's not a problem like
0: I was watching him walk and he looked away I was like yeah that's right well look away Walking, it's a big ass red sweatshirt I was like are you serious
1: I thought I saw somebody wearing one at the gym one time and I was like oh my god let me let me drop this weight because i'm just gonna throw it at this motherfucker but it was just a
0: red nike hat well i cut people off on the front there's a few people who have like trump stickers and i've cut them off personally on the freeway well
1: they deserve it
0: (laughs) they do deserve it (laughs) all right let's let's keep it going let's see oh so if y'all been paying attention avengers 4 have There's been some art leaks. So, you know, they always do, like, kind of the illustrations of the posters and things that will be coming out. There has been a lot of these leaks out there. And so we have posted some on Twitter where you get to see who's going to be doing the fight. Um, We see a Captain America who is clean-shaven, which I was like, oh, okay.
1: Right. Like, how dare you, sir? You didn't even ask permission.
0: I know. We, We... You can still, you know, come out daddy style in your in your nice clean. His suit is cleaned up though, but you know he, he's looking all. I mean, he 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 could still get it though, regardless. But I'm just saying, the beard was still was was giving us life, and it's gone. It was gone. We see that um, the Hulk is looking a little different. I mean, he had a little outfit, but he looks totally different. So I don't know if this is a, a blend between him and um, and Bruce, and this is a different type of Hulk we're gonna see. Um, Black Widow has a braid.
1: <laughs> I'm still wondering, like, why is she here? Because Primordia should have gave her them hands. But anyway, that's neither here nor there.
0: That's right. So you're I mean, a fan of Primordia. Love us a fan of Primordia. But um, what I didn't see was I didn't see um, OK in there. I didn't see her. I didn't see her, in oh, some, I didn't see her. And I was like, OK, well, can she be fighting with him, too? I mean she lost her king. She should be right there fighting. So I want to see that, I, but I didn't see that. Um, but we do see, uh, what's her name in there? The Vanessa um, of the MCU. <laughs> if y'all oh. know what I mean uh, Vanessa. So if y'all watch Medea Family Reunion, Vanessa was the daughter who went through everything and had a husband no she didn't oh, have to abuse her husband but she was you the one what?
1: not to put in Tyler Perry and MCU as yes as I, as I did
0: um Gamora's sister because you know that's how they treat her um oh what's her name um Nebula nebula is the Vanessa of all right. MCU. 'Cause she's the one who went through everything. Like she went through everything, probably was sold into slavery too. Who knows what she was doing. All we needed was a Lynn Whitfield like character to be like, I was a junkie. My mom was a junkie at a whore. Oh my god. Okay. That was that was Thanos. Thanos can be Lynn Whitfield. But anyway, we see her in there, but I want to see more Black Panther characters in this. Um, I didn't see Shuri. Now, someone said there is one with Shuri in it somewhere. Um, But I hope so, because Shuri has the skills needed to help them fight. So, I'm just saying, I hope to see more Black Panther characters up in this. Because if they're not, I'm not going to be feeling it. I'm just not going to be. Right. I mean, I'll still go see it, but still, it, it will help. It will help. All right, what else do we have?
1: Well, in some video game news. Uh-oh. So the International Olympics Committee, the IOC, mm-hmm. and the Global Association of International Sports Federations, they're hosting a formal forum to discuss the future of esports at the Olympics. Hmm. So this had, was brought up, I think, maybe either earlier this year or late last year mm-hmm. that uh, esports was... There was a call or some support to have esports included in the Olympics. And they're actually starting to have serious talks about adding it. Now, I don't know if this is going to happen. Maybe. I know that the talks are supposed to be held uh, later this month in Switzerland at the Olympic Museum. So I. I mean, why not? But then again, why? I'm kinda on the fence about adding esports as an Olympic sport.
0: Yeah.
1: Because yeah, traditionally what does it look like <laughs> Olympic sporting have been very physical. So I'm like, uh eh, yeah, no, I don't been, know.
0: They've been training for like yeah, these are people who've been training their mostly their entire lives for the Olympics and that.
1: Mm. yeah
0: i'm like uh like how serious would we how serious would this be taken i mean i think i need to know more it just feels so
1: interesting (laughs) it seems i know like a lot of people that play video games for their uh, for living they i mean they train not in a sense of what we think of training for a sport. Yeah. But they do they do do some kind of formal training. It's just have we come along have we come long enough to acknowledge that as an Olympic sport? And yeah. I don't I don't know.
0: No, <sighs> yeah, that's true. That's true. We'll see how this goes, but mm, I feel kinda shaky about it.
1: Yeah. I really do. So what else do we have? Let's see. Uh, So I guess we should talk about Drag Race?
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I've said this before, but I I think I'm on the brink of, I don't know if I can give, and it was already a struggle for me, but it's really hard for me to want to give that any more energy because after the the reunion, and we really talked Mm -hmm. about it last week, but that reunion, but then... Just thinking about it over the weekend just brought up some new stuff. But let's let's go ahead and get into the overall finale.
1: Right. So of course they had the dual limp syncs where uh two performed and then the other two performed. hmm So in the first one was uh Asia and Cameron. Mm-hmm. And uh, what did they do? Did they do Nasty? I think so. Yeah, they did. They did Nasty. Uh, Janet Jackson was Nasty. And Asia started off with the butterflies. And I knew (laughs) what I saw them butterflies not take off. Instead of flying, they just plummeted. (laughs) And I was like, okay, she's not going to make it. The, I knew that was going to happen. And the, the spoiler the that I saw said that she had some kind of uh, war role malfunction, and I guess this was it. Yeah. So, um... Unfortunately, Asia didn't go further Instead of up, uh, what, fourth alternate? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, they did... Eureka and, and Aquaria did If. Mm-hmm. And... I didn't know Aquaria could perform like she did. Like, she was hitting a choreo, yeah. you know, the whole dance break. Yeah. And if, she hit that whole thing. And I was like, okay, finally, Eureka's going to get it out of here. No. <laughs> <laughs> Rue saved them both. And I'm like... Oh, Lord. Okay. Because... Uh, You've I've made rants about how a performance isn't just a death drop, isn't just a reveal. Yeah. It has to be more engaging than that. Yeah. And I didn't feel Eureka was on Aquarius level. So yeah. they did this whole, um, three man lip sync to Bang Bang.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I saw that and I was like.
1: It was just so messy.
0: And I hate that song, too.
1: Okay, I kind of like that song. (laughs) I actually, I only like it because of Nicki's verse. Okay. Okay. And I'm not a big Nicki Nicki Minaj fan at all.
0: Me, me, right?
1: But, um, Aquaria turned it out. And she was crowned uh, season 10 winner. Okay. Which, you know, I'm satisfied with. And I knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. What I I did like in the the finale, that they brought out all of the girls from the first season. Yeah. Which I thought was very, you know, remembering your roots. Yeah. Because had it not been for them, you know, this show wouldn't have made it. Yeah. So I thought that was, and they all look good. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so I think they should Honestly take a break From Drag Race I know that's not going to happen Because the next season Is already filming And probably the next season of All Stars Is going to start filming soon anyway mm-hmm. I don't know If I'm Emotionally Invested in watching Drag Race
0: Yeah,
1: I might have to take A season off
0: and that's fine, because I feel that way too, and then, as I was saying as i've I've been really thinking about Rupaul lately, just how he's like you it's funny it's funny that you mentioned about the first season'cause i've what was her name I can't remember her name the black queen who who had Which one well it was she was it was it was not Akasha that's not her name was it
1: so there was Akasha, yeah, it oh, well, was BB. yeah. Um, are you talking about Akasha that yeah. had like an attitude?
0: Yeah. That
1: was Akasha.
0: And I think about how Akasha was portrayed in that season and I think about how a lot of them have been portrayed over the season and, and and portrayed over the season and I'm over the seasons and I've just been really thinking like okay I'm seeing a pattern here. Um, How Akasha was treated in a way that I was like you trying to make her into a villain. And I see that sometimes happen a lot with some of the girls of color on the show. But then I also think about how Rue has been calling a lot of the white queens a lot. And this season was just so obvious. Because um, you think about what Arika did. And I was thinking, that's that's your, that's your key point right there to play on. Like, let's talk about what you did. And how that never came up. That was something that we never saw. But overall, when I think about everything with this, I do begin to wonder a couple of things. Like, I wonder, someone asked, or somebody I saw on Twitter asked about, well, what is RuPaul's fan base? And somebody said racist. But I thought about it, I was like, you know what? Let's look at that fan base. Because I went back about four or five years ago when Ru was getting in trouble for using the word training. Because remember, he was trying to defend the use of that word. And I'm like, you can't, that's not even your word. That's, Uh you know. But I remember how it was a lot of white queens and, and white gay men let me rephrase that a lot of white gay men who were defending rupaul and defending rupaul's right to say that and i was sitting there like but that's not for y'all to say at all you're not even trans so how do you how are you saying this and then it clicked to me like wait a minute that is rupaul's fan base that is rupaul's fan base the ones who sit here and defend him to say tranny that is his fan base that has grown all the way up to what we have now and of course they're going to be the ones who are going to go after the black queens and say the things they're going to say and they are the ones who are keeping the lights on at you know at rue's place when rue said that he was keeping the lights on, i was like no it's your fans who's keeping the lights on and i don't think he's going to ever get to a point where he's going to disrupt that he's not going to be a person who challenged his fan base. And I feel like that's where you letting me down because I'm like, you're at a level now you have your Emmy that you could actually challenge your fan base, Oprah challenge her fan base on many things. And Uh you know, you think about people who will challenge a fan base and make them think twice about what's going on. you think about, you know, some of your artists who will get out there and say that I don't tolerate this. I don't tolerate that. Rue has not done that. Rue has not got out there and said a word about the fan base attacking the Queens of color or anything. Um, it's really disheartening because I'm like thinking, I'm thinking like, are you that far removed that you don't even know how to even address this? Do you feel like your blackness has transcended? Or are you that type from that generation that, you know, you've had so many handouts from whites that you feel like you owe them something? You know, like you, I owe them since they gave me so much opportunity. You know, I feel like you have become, that Rue has become that house nigger. And, well, and I, that's what I feel. Because in this day and age, and you don't think about it, Rue comes from that also that time that people will get out here. Like, think about it. You think Rue is like in close to 60 or something like that? Yeah,
1: she's pushing.
0: Yeah. So a lot of ways Rue is coming from that time where you had people who was very outspoken about what's going on when it comes to race relations and what have you. You know, you think about... Um, Jennifer Lewis, you think about um, Wanda Sykes, you know, you, you know, she goes back and forth, but you think about people who have been around that time, outspoken, saying things about race and what have you, knowing that they have that white fan base, but they also know that it's us that keeps them really going, right? And then you're not saying anything. You're not sticking up for the black queens who look up to you because you were, you was that person they will look up to, and you don't see that anymore. And I'm just like, Real, this is your opportunity to really change things around. You can be that queen that changes everything. You know, use that mantra you use about everybody to say love and all that to be like, look, if you're going to be a part of this tribe, you can't sit up here and be hating on my queens like this. You don't do that. You sit here and call the ones who have caused the problems. And I'm just at a point where I'm like, um, it's funny. I think Crystal <laughs> said um, in Oakland that we doesn't like black people. I'm at that point where I'm like, I don't. I want to almost say that, or I think that you. I think that I keep talking like I'm talking to Rue personally, but I'm like I know that that Rue is like, well, get after us more because they feel maybe she feels like we should do better, but that's not always the case.
1: Or you're making me look bad. Yeah, because and I'm you're like, no. Niggas are making me look bad in front of these white people.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> something that your grandmama would have said, you know. And at the same time, it's like, no, you should understand cause what she, what he said, I come from the same. You know, space as she does, as Vixen does. I'm like, do you? Because if you did, you would have been standing right by her side, understanding her story and defending her in the sense that she felt heard. I feel like she was being attacked for being outspoken about her feelings, but everybody else had a chance to be outspoken and all that great stuff. And it it's just really makes me realize that Rue is really far removed um a lot that's been going on and i don't know if it's i was saying to a friend of mine that maybe these black queens need to do their own thing or don't even sign up for drag race to stay away from it stay away right. from it
1: and also not just with the black queens but i've seen throughout the whole series of drag race how um uh Latin queens are portrayed. Hmm. Um you take uh Kenya Michaels, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, how they played up her she wasn't able to understand English. That kind of trope that being Hispanic that you can't understand English. I I really hate when things do that. Like um another example is when uh Sylvia Vergara not Sylvia Vergara but Yara Sylvia yeah (laughs) um like they did that with her and they do that with a lot of those queens and I'm just like that's really annoying and it's I would say it's racist
0: no I agree because you're right you're right when I think about Yara or there was a I can't remember her name, but she was trying to do the commercial for the I see the the, the drink.
1: Oh, uh, Jessica Wilde.
0: Yeah, and they were, you know, they kept playing on that against her a lot. And I was like, hmm, we don't have to do that. Because think about it, when they would tell their stories, like, you know, the, the hardships they had growing up, come from another country, how this is kind of their way out, this is kind of their, their peace of mind. I felt like don't disrespect them by making fun of them, you know, not able to speak English very well or whatever. They've been through some things to be on this stage right now and we're disrespecting them by, you know, playing these, oh, they can't speak English. Like, yeah, you're right. I think like that was racist it's disrespectful to them and their journey and I just felt like, oh my god, so you brought that up and now I'm like, I re- oh. <laughs> <You> know, I, <laughs> oh
1: my goodness. I've been sitting on that and I was like, well, maybe it's just me. Mm-hmm. I was like, but no, that, that can't be that can't be it. And that's a lot, I've seen that's a lot on uh, Twitter how a lot of people feel that the show leans heavily on all of these hardships. Mm. I mean, you take, just for this uh, this season, you take Dusty Ray Bottom's story, you take um, Monique Hart's story about growing up and whatnot. Yeah. And you see this, it's almost Getting to a point where it's—I don't want to say porn, yeah, or tragedy porn, but it's—it looks like it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's just like, oh, what's all the uh, the trials and tribulations that you've been through, and you know your parents are dead, but what would they say if they were still around? Like that kind of shit.
0: Yeah, I've seen. It's not funny, but said how Rue would do that when they have, the, they have the one-on-one conversations or whatever. And I'm like, there's ways you can have that discussion, but let them lead into it. Like, let them, you know, start talking about it. Like, okay. Oh, just... Ugh. But I agree with you, This they should take a break, but this should also be where Rue should really take some time to think about how problematic he really is. We can go back. From um that 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 Shirley o. liquor person to uh, like liquor. Yeah, yeah that one you can talk about how
1: uh-huh.
0: you talk about how um you know the trans issue how it keeps bringing up the trans issue as if they did not shape how things are, even when you think about the whole drag scene, the ball scene, I'm like, how dare you tell them they can't participate when if it wasn't for them pff, we wouldn't even have all this wouldn't have all of this. we wouldn't even have Supermodel of the World because damn, that, mostly that song came from um, Paris is Burning. Uh-huh. So I'm just going, how are you gonna tell the people who basically put this on the map? And I feel like in some ways, and I'm not trying to start no problems, but I feel like in some ways, Pose is kind of like putting that out there. Like, um, let me remind y'all where this comes from, who was at the forefront of this and how this was going. I, and that's why I love that show. We'll talk about that show a bit later, but that's why I like it because if you thought it was something else, and I think it's timely when Rue was going through this where I don't want trans people in there. And then now we are seeing um, not only something from the past, but, you know, shout out to Land for giving us my house that's also showing you still how trans women are still a part of this. Stop, stop, let me I'm just like oh my god how dare you How dare you Ru, sit up here and say oh you don't want that but I'm like honey you can't they were the alpha and they will be the omega of all of this so I just right. feel like that the fact that you even have the audacity and I feel like maybe he's trying to do this because he's trying to put some ownership on it you know I guess it's like this is what I yeah you got this drag race stuff going yeah kudos to you hooray for you but you still cannot give up what history has already presented to us we know right. who was drag,
1: drag doesn't end with you're saying you yeah. know yes you can stop doing it and there's still girl's gonna be doing a drag uh, so <laughs> granted rue has done a lot to bring drag into mainstream media mm-hmm. however don't get it twisted
0: the girls will be out drop here.
1: drop dead right now, and drag is still going to go
0: on. Yes, the girls will still be out here doing what they need to do. The houses will still be out here doing what they need to do. Drag Race in Thailand will still be doing <laughs> what they going to do. They do this without you already. So don't don't get it twisted. If something happened to Rue tomorrow, and we're not wishing that, but if something did happen, they're going to still be doing stuff. And let's just keep it real. VH won't be like, okay, well, that's sad. Well, let's get someone else. Let's get, you know, Brandy or let's get, um, what's her name? Um, the other girl to get in there and help us do the show or get Todrick to get out there and put on his contact. So, you know, you can make sure. Let me not do that. He doesn't have contacts. That's me being shady. And I take that back. But, um, you know, they'll get Michelle out there and they'll get Brandy and they get them to run the show and then we'll just go from there. So, Oh Lord. It's just. Rue does not, it doesn't have to be this way and it makes me think about these old gays like Rue and Lee Daniels and all them who just be
1: well, speaking of Lee uh, Damon S. ran up on him saying that you owe he owed what? uh, $2 million, million yes
0: and I'm mad because that was happening right below me I I love the fact, because when I said where was that I was like that was at the Diana Ross concert that I was at (laughs) because <laughs> when she was talking i was like she said all that stuff and somebody said are you are you for real like um i can sh- i posted some videos of us listening to her sing the song like this happened right down there in his in his teal cape getting told the f right off. and his uh i was like yo black
1: ass would have this fucking teal cape at a
0: damn Diana Ross concert, I'm like, because she was wearing <laughs> she was wearing heels too, so maybe he felt like <laughs> he needed to be a part of the game too. But you know, we probably would have done the same thing. But anyway, the point is, you he was there, and it's funny, right? Because then you know, it, this is a mess. This is a side story, but we can talk about it. Then here come um Tyler Perry jumping up in it, talking about. Tell him, Monique, what what I can help you with. I'm like, why are you jumping in this conversation? Like, I was like, why are you being messy? See, I I always thought the I always think that there is something between those two. Like, it's that competition, it's that Blanca and Electra competition they have between each other. They, I believe it, I believe they have this weird competition between each other. Um, but anyway, he gonna try to jump in, and Monique has some stuff to say. But then recently, what's his, uh Lee Daniels told her to shut up.
1: Right. What was all that energy when Damon Dash was basically cussing your ass out in, I know. Front, in front of these white folks <laughs> saying that you owe three million damn
0: dollars. And I'm mad because so basically without Damon Dash it wouldn't be any precious basically. Is that what he's saying? Like it would be he put that money into where I guess if it wasn't for him we wouldn't have precious wouldn't have the butler or the guard whatever that was. The maid. And how,
1: how long ago were those movies?
0: Oh uh, well, shoot! Uh, what you call? It? It was like ten years ago, right? I, I would sue for interest. I would, and the fact that Damon, because Damon Dash is not known for being gentle, <laughs> so I'm no. up and going. <laughs> oh no! So he was being nice because we we've heard about Damon Dash. He has no problems have you know speaking his mind, and the fact that he waited this long. at... You know, and I was like, it makes sense for him to come at him at this concert because that's something that a lot of us would do. Be like, wait a minute, you owe me $200 and you sit up here at the front. Right. Because see, if y'all don't know about this, the Hollywood Bowl, let me tell you about the Hollywood Bowl. So Hollywood Bowl, you got to have some money to go there. You just can't pop up in there. Now you can, but you still got to have some money. For example, our tickets were $70, $70 a piece and we were in the bag. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm just saying We were in the back The water, a bottle of water is four ass dollars Okay That's what you need to know about the Hollywood Bowl So when you come to the oh bowl You gotta bring all of your stuff Because if you're gonna come up there a, a bologna sandwich is twelve dollars there So I'm just saying That's not a cheap place And so for Lee Daniels to be at the very front He's paying Hundreds of dollars now to back be it up.
1: I know good and damn well the
0: Hollywood Bowl is not serving no weak-ass bologna sandwiches. No, but I'm just giving y'all an example.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> they serve some weak-ass barbecue. But they, um, the, but yeah, I'm just saying water is $4. That tells you all you need to know about this place. That what you would normally pay $0.99 cents for, you're paying $4. So, yeah, if I was Damon, I'm super going, okay, I haven't got my money, but here you are at the very front I wonder if have Damon Dash walked all the way down there because <laughs> somebody said you know yeah, somebody da- owes
1: you that much yes
0: yes and I bet someone told me, you know Lee down there you know Lee's down there chilling just dancing around in his teal and I bet he Branson. went yeah I bet he went down there quick to be like where is my money and <laughs> it's just funny to think about that but yeah that happened at the Hollywood Bowl the diner and at all places that's another that's another queen. Queen's Ball for you. Something that happens at a Diana Ross concert. That should be the next post. <laughs> right. Episode. What went down at this concert? But yeah, that's the typical so And Tyler Perry, stay out of this. I don't know why you're trying to jump in talking about, how can I help? I'm like, no, you need to. Next you're thing you know. I'm
1: doing drag, man. Stop. About that.
0: Next thing you know, Tyler and uh, Lee gonna be fighting at a Taylor Dane concert. Uh, that's gonna be messy. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna gonna be so messy. They're gonna be fighting at a brandy concert, and then this is gonna be all hell to pay. Oh, Lord have mercy!
1: (laughs) So, do we have any other tea to spill?
0: Not really. Um, the only thing is, um, yes, the we know that X Men Dark Phoenix is still coming out, they have released some some toys, and we have posted some of them already. That is happening. We can't stop it. It's happening even though Disney has bought up and they've already made a deal with Fox. It's been said and done last week. They are still going along with this movie. So if you want to check out what the toys look like, go to our Twitter and you'll see them.
1: Uh, Or just wait until you can find them at Goodwill.
0: You said find them at Goodwill.
1: I'm just playing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Well, let's take a break, and we'll be right back to <laughs> talk about our king-size issue. All right, we are back for our king-size issue today, and we're going to talk about Pose. We've already talked about it, but we just want to spend some time to really talk about this show and why I'm going to go out here and just say it is the best queer show ever. Ever. And I'm going to stand behind that. I would die on that cross. So
1: you know what i'm 85 percent there with you let me finish out the season mm-hmm. and then i'll come back i'll revisit that okay but yes i think it is very pivotal and important that this show was made and i was very weary when it first uh, came sure? on the scene that it was being made. And I was like, oh, okay, a, a ball about, a show about ballroom scenes and it's the 80s. And then I saw who was the uh, executive producer. I was like, what the fuck does this white man have to do with anything? I'm like, Ryan Murphy, stick to American Horror Story because that at least you can get those, that's sometimes right. This you ain't gonna get right at all and then it's just gonna be a mess and I'm just gonna have to be pissed off at you but then I found out like all of the trans writers and then all of the trans actors and actresses that were attached and I was like well maybe and then the first episode and I was like okay I get it Mm -hmm. and from then on I was sold
0: Yeah. I was I I mean when I watched the first the first episode I was like okay I'm in it um and let's go for it. because it was very it was very real in the sense of what we go through as queer people of color especially queer black people um dealing with family dealing with religion dealing with finding yourself in the hardship that's something that we don't really see a lot when it comes to just queer lives on tv because it comes like we always got money we're rich and we go on these trips and we go into provincetown and will and grace and you know brian kenny you know all this stuff with money and everything else but i like that it shows us in a different light that we don't always have a glamorous life and so when i saw that first episode i was like i'm in it and then the second episode was the same thing and i just feel like we were just getting such good stories um about what it is to be a family what it is to be queer at that time which is almost no different than what it is to be queer especially queer of color today (laughs) so to have a show that's kind of hitting these these points that we don't see but not be to a point where they're just bloodletting the drama you know i mean like it's not like oh my god like yeah there are very heart touching moments that you may share tear at, but it wasn't something it wasn't like, a lot of stuff, you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right. It like, wasn't like,
1: this
0: is not Angela's ashes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no Angela ashes or Sophie's Choice. Like, it was none of that. It's more of a... It's just more of, like, yes, life is tough, but this is how we get through it. This is how we get by. Right. Exactly. And
1: yeah. I think one of the best episodes thus far was the episode four when Mm -hmm. they were talking basically, basically about transitioning and how their surgery makes them feel like an actual woman. And there's things that me and you or cis gay men can never understand when Mm -hmm. it comes to identifying with the, Gender that you've always thought that you should be, yeah, so that to s- portray that not just portray it through the acting but through the writing, yeah as well, it was so good, and that episode tore me up,
0: yeah,
1: like I was shaking, I was crying, yeah. And then they had to play uh, Swing Out Since the Breakout. I know. I was like,
0: no, no, that's my song. <laughs> and that, <laughs> and let's, let's talk about that really quick. I, I, I still want to get back into some of the storyline, but I love the soundtrack because they are keeping it, it. They're playing the songs. I always say that if you listen to these songs, a lot of us who grew up around that time, these were songs that we were listening to, sometimes in secret. Because, mm-hmm. you know, people will say, like, I remember when, oh, my God, when Breakout came out. I was in love with that song the first time I heard it. Like I recorded it off the radio back then when you had to record stuff off the radio. Um I was playing it singing it all the time. And I remember I was singing it in the lunch line and and these boys was like, that's a fag song. That's a girl song. And I just kind of stopped singing it. But then I was like, I start singing it again and um to a point, I was like, no, I like this song so much. And it's nice to see that these are songs that we're seeing that are clearly songs that a lot of us can identify with. When they played Swept Away, I think in the first um, episode, I was like, oh my God, that is such a, a gay drag song. Donna Ross's songs in the 80s were clearly made for us. Because um, if you go back and listen to a lot of her stuff, like Eating Alive and Pieces of Ice and Chain Reaction, it's so... She They knew what they were doing. She knew what she was doing.
1: So she knew her audience, yeah.
0: Yeah, she knew her audience, and we have served her well. And so she served us. So it's just that they have really done so well with how they are putting the show together. And that particular episode was very interesting because we got to see um, Electra's daddy, which I was like...
1: Whew. Well, I was not expecting
0: him. But it makes sense. It's like they knew... The audience, you know what I mean? They know he's a, he's a gay thirst trap, even though he's not gay. But he's very supportive of our community. Um, and they
1: ne- they know the stories behind those behind people like Electra. Yes. You know those kind of guys that for them to sleep with a trans woman, it's almost a fetish. Yes. And that you know. Well, it is a fetish. Yeah.
0: And I can't, you know, I'm just gonna call him Daddy. Daddy didn't want Electra to 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 become fully a woman. He wanted her to keep that part. He said it made her special to him or something like that. And it was interesting because you know some people would be like, well, you know, I'm getting all this all these glamorous clothes and this money. But I love that Electra's like I have to do this for me. And, mm-hmm. and 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 told him like if you love me or care about me you will let me be who I want to be, um, and so that was a hard part to watch because you knew that she had to basically say I have to give I'm giving up all this stuff,
1: right? <laughs> and, and can we go back to how optimistic uh, Breakout is? That song. <laughs> yeah, we can jump back. Like, the- see, I think that made me cry even more yeah. because to see I'm forgetting his name uh to see him dancing and then the, for them to play that song I was like that's how I feel when I hear that song
0: right right you're right you know? you're right
1: and the lyric if you listen to the lyrics right. of that song you you gotta find your way break out yeah. like it's so relevant to not only what we go through yeah. in today's world, but what they had to go through.
0: Right. And you, I'm glad you mentioned that because when I think about that song and the lyrics, I think that's what it was. Um, it was just this, you know, you don't stop to ask. Right, You got to find a way. It, yeah. And, and so when you think about it, 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 the lyrics are so simple and plain. But it was so much, and the music was. And I remember watching the video, first time I saw the video, it was a little bit of a fashion like video. And like uh-huh. when she comes through in her outfit, and I was like, that's what it was. It's was like you break out, you become who you're supposed to be. And that song meant so much in that episode. And it made me go back and think about what that song meant for me when I first heard it. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. It's had a moment. When I first heard it and just like how I felt when I first heard that song and how that really made me just feel just freer until I heard it and you know I think what we don't realize and maybe this generation don't really they probably do but I would say for us you know older crowd you know there was always certain songs that spoke to us in ways that you know people regular people will hear like oh okay what's that but you know it will speak to us and maybe I shade Carly Rae Jimson, but maybe, music do that for some of the gays but I think about songs like Swing Out Sister or I think about some of the songs I heard from like Taylor Dane or um, Olivia Newton-John or you know people who were singing stuff like how Whitney was singing songs like How Will I Know to me How Would I Know will always be a song about my crushes because Uh you, you have these crushes on boys and you can't say anything because you don't want to get beat up or laughed at and you know, and but then if they give you, you you're you just so confused. So songs like they used to always, or I want to dance with somebody. That was always kind of the, I hope and wish song. You know, like I want, cause you want to dance with somebody, but you can't, you know, oh my God. Anyway, I'm just saying that. Look, look
1: at you, you're having
0: a moment. <laughs> I am, I'm just thinking about these songs. But I like the fact that they use these songs to tell the story in these stories. And so yeah when you brought up that I was like wow look at it. Breakout means so much more than people can ever recognize but I think that we as young gay men at the time when we hear these songs they speak to us in ways that other people don't
1: get right, All right, right. now okay let's transition to uh, Angel and Her Man mm-hmm. now what do you think will be the outcome of
0: that I I want to believe that Stan is his name. Stan is going to maybe choose angel. I think that because I think angel represents a freedom um also represents his guts because think about it he just got a promotion. With Trump, <laughs> uh, which is uh, ironic to think about, uh, he got a promotion, and I think Angel is that part of him, she represents that part of him that takes the risk and takes the high jumps. I think his wife, uh, Patty, is what was always safe, what he had to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think Angel was what, think about it, this, this man still apparently got an apartment for Angel and I'm like after the first time or second time y'all were together really I'm like that's some that's some good stuff to where you got a apartment. Um, well,
1: Shalimar did say the second time. Around. <laughs> I guess
0: that was the case. <laughs> so you know I I I have some hope that maybe maybe Stan will still be there. What do you think?
1: I think maybe Stan will still be there with uh, Angel in the mm-hmm. end. Maybe um, what's her name? Patty is gonna sleep with a uh, what's his uh, his boss? I forgot his name. Yeah, uh, Jason Vanderbeek. So what's his name? <laughs> is it Vanderbeek? Yeah, it's Vanderbeek. Okay, his character. Yeah. Um, and he's gotten. Are they aging him?
0: Um, I think they're making him look kind of that distinguished. But, I mean, he is a little bit older. But if you... You have to watch him in the Diplo. When he plays Diplo on Viceland, he looks himself.
1: Okay. Um, That's what I think is going to happen. That Angel and Stan will be together and Patty and... uh the boss will be together. Yeah.
0: Because Patty said... She said, I knew what I signed up for because she wants that life. And I think that she may figure out, like, you know, well, she can be with to be, because he is that life. That might be she a wants the,
1: glamorous, the Sheila E's glamorous life?
0: <laughs> Probably so. Probably so. So, yeah, I I, I, I don't want to think of them as I don't want to think, who knows? I don't, I don't even want to put that much into it, because I, I, I don't want to be disappointed. But we may be surprised how this turns out, because so far it, it it seems like Stan is really has have, really have some feelings for Angel.
1: Right. Now, can we also say that Billy Porter is acting his black ass off?
0: Yes. And I love and that. that. I love it. I love it. He's giving you the narrator of the overall story, but also moving the story, too. And I think uh-huh. that's a very strong point of his character and how that show moves. Because you think about it, he introduces the episode. You know, like how he's like, you know, today's category is whatever. And it kind of goes on with the story. Like, realness and body. And and it's giving us all these things. And I, But I also like the fact that he's like the father. You know, because think yeah. about it. The father is like I think of like James from Good Times. Like, oh crap. I lost this job, but I have to be strong for my family. It's like He's like, you know, I, I have HIV positive, but I have to be strong for these kids. I have to be, you know, there for these these kids, this family. And he doesn't have to be. Um, but I like that about him. I like that he is a caretaker, caretaker too. Um, that he, he is basically making sure that he would push them and challenge them, but it's more out of love. It's not out of, like... Let me just, you know, pour pig's blood on you. It's like, I'm going to shade you only because you, I know you can be better. Like how he did Candy. He knows Correct. that Candy can be, and we all know Candy is probably going to be the next mother of somebody's house. And you just kind of see that, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you out, Candy, because I know what you're capable of. And I like that about that character. I like that about the show as they, they're pushing them to, they know what they're capable of. And I like when they realize that. Um, kind of jumping on Candy. I like that episode. That with that episode, we got a little bit about Candy about how Candy was like. You know, I'm tired of y'all. Tell me what I can and cannot do. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to show you. And then the next episode, we got Candy basically leading the house. Yep. Calling out a challenge. I was like, I didn't know y'all call out challenges like that. I was like, oh, but you know, what's Angelica. What's her name? Angelica Cross is that her name.
1: Yeah. I Uh,
0: think so. I,
1: first of all, she's beautiful.
0: And I love her as Candy. Because that's, to me, is a little bit of Roxy. A little bit of, I made the comparison of this is the low-key Gemini Holograms we wanted to see. This whole show. Just because of way they are and how they come across. Um, I just like Candy is, she's tough, but she does care. Um, and she will get the work done at the end of the day okay
1: now who's Stormer
0: Lou, you know Lulu can be Stormer <laughs> cause we don't really know that much about Lulu yet she's just going along with everything but Lulu could be that Stormer could be
1: okay
0: but Candy can also be Stormer though cause you think I of,
1: see that more than uh, Candy being uh, Roxy Roxy
0: yeah, because um, someone put this out too on Twitter, but you think about that body episode when Angel and Candy were walking around trying to, you know, get these implants, these shots. And that made me, right. and, that, and that was like, that does kind of remind me of when Kimber and Storm joined together. It was like, hey, you know. And, and that's another thing I want to point out is I love the fact that even though they compete against each other, they they still have respect for each other mm-hmm. in all forms and fashion. So I, I do like that. Um, Blanca... Wow, that is a character I was not prepared for um, because she has really come out to be an amazing person and character to watch. Um, The way she takes care of the others, what she's willing to do for them. Um, That first episode gave me so much insight of how she's going to be as a house mother. Right and I just I love the way that, that character is written because it's like she's like a like a mama that you'll be able to that you can identify with that you know that you know someone like that um, did you see last week's ep- or this week's episode Mother's Day
1: Uh, I'm still catching up
0: okay so if I don't want to spoil it but there's a part where they're putting some milk in a uh, recipe and she smells the milk and for some reason I was like that's so real she took the milk out of the refrigerator, smell it, and then she poured it in. It wasn't like take the time to smell it. It was like done so quickly, like how anybody, like your mama would do. Like, let me see, by uh, putting this in this or whatever. And how she was right, doing it. Right. Don't mess up my food. Yeah, man. and it was like that, and I was like, okay, I am really digging this character and everything else. I mean, we're kind of jumping around on all this, but who's your favorite character so far?
1: Oh, of course, Electra. <laughs> of course, Electra is just this diva what a capital D! I told you, like she reminds me of a a Banji, a Banji uh, Dominic Devereaux.
0: Yes, Dominic's cousin or a lost sister. You
1: know what? Almost, yeah, she could be Dominic's cousin. Yes, like, a little bit tougher, you know, but it's almost she's still refined. But she will stab you if, she, if need right. be. Right.
0: Like, it, I can see the story, like, Dominique, when Dominique was going, you know, with somebody who was doing her wrong, whatever, it was Electra who jumped in, beat his ass, and took care of her. And then, you know, and you can see Dominique maybe forgetting about Electra, then Electra pops up like, bitch, I took care of
1: you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, is my favorite cousin, uh, favorite cousin. <laughs> my favorite
0: character. <laughs> She could be your cousin too.
1: Uh, I mean, I wish. Yeah,
0: I love Electra because uh, she takes. I've been through the tough stuff, but yet, like I'm gonna, but I'm gonna still rise to the top, and I'm gonna still carry my head high. Um, I love the episode where she kind of, she kind of, steps back, and that's that body episode where she talks to Candy about what she's going through, and I was like, good, you are revealing yourself. You are letting them know that you are, yes, you're tough, but you you have a heart. And I like those parts about her. And I like that at the end of the day, she cares about her about her her house. She takes care of them. Like she, like when they stole that money from the Salvation Army. Oh my Army. God, when they
1: went to Salvation Army yes. down at the spot.
0: That's, that's a stunt. I was like, that is what a stunt is, y'all. A stunt is doing, I mean, pulling out some damn the cutters and, and running down the street in all that fashion. Lord. That was some misfit stuff. You think about how the misfits used to do all that crime and higher class fashion outfits.
1: <laughs> and I want that red fur. That I, red fur was banging.
0: That was. And and so, yeah. Oh, my God. I, That's a character. We need a character like that. That's a character I think a lot of us, especially black gay men, have always... Thought about and we wanted to see on television, and that is now in Um uh, We're seeing this very bold and brass character, but not a stereotype. You know, it's 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 more. She's more, and I love that um, she's she's also one of my favorite characters. Um, Billy, his character, I keep forgetting his name, but he is. About tail pretty tell They all are just pretty much. I I feel like I'm. I can get in with all of them. You know, I like the fever episode where you know it was like with the two young ones that were sick, and how and that, was scary. that was scary. But again, just how they all come together in the day, and it's nice to also see um, black men. You know, in young love, that whole fresh of uh, freshness of love and screwing around and all that. So it's like, that's nice to see too. I mean, I just never thought this show was going to give me so much. So, you know, I take back I'm going to give Ryan Murphy his flowers, but also, I mean, he's producing it, but all the writers, they deserve all the roses. Everything. And the
1: creator, the actual creator of yeah. uh, Stephen Canal. Yeah.
0: Because they're giving, us, they're giving us the queer television we needed to see. We haven't seen... I mean, you know his arc was there, and it was good for what it was, but this is just so much more in depth, and so much more, it's not highly sexual like a lot of the gay shows are, it's not a lot of queer shows are, it's it's just storytelling, and it's simple storytelling, I, I said to someone, this is like, it reminds me of the 80s type of shows, you know, it's there's something about a family bringing everybody together what's the issue how we get this how we solve it how we move forward it's like that type of stuff that we used to see in the 80s and it is it's totally fitting because that's the type of tv we was getting in the 80s and now we get in this with this particular group of people and to see trans women acting their asses off is proof that we really need to start making sure that trans women are in more roles
1: Now, one final question: mm-hmm. Do you think the series will get renewed for a second one? It better. Um, I haven't
0: people. I haven't heard it's in trouble. I haven't heard that, but it better. Y'all gave Looking another season and a movie. I mean, and nobody was checking for that. I think the numbers of of Pose is bigger than uh, Looking, and why is because. When you give us something to look at, we're gonna look at it, and so, I think it's 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 getting around, and I want and 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 you mentioned this, I'm waiting for a war season to pop out. I want to see what the Golden Globes are gonna do,
1: uh-huh.
0: because if they do not, I'm just saying it's gonna be some smoke. Because I'm like, if y'all do not, y'all have given far worse <laughs> credit. This is. They, I feel like they will be back a second season at least. I feel like Ryan Murphy has has FX so much around his fingers, they will give him a second season just because.
1: I think these are this show is so much more important than all of the seasons that he's done of American Horror Sort.
0: Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I really and and if, and if they say no, then give him a Netflix because we'll be there on Netflix watching it. We will binge that mess.
1: Right.
0: So, I'm, I think it will be back. What do you think?
1: I think so, too. I think the show is too important for it not to have a second season.
0: Yeah. And I I, I want to be around so it can teach other queer creators a couple of lessons. One, that you can be a creative color and still get content out there. Also, that you don't have to tell the same old white stories. You don't have to tell mm-hmm. about I'm trying to find love, or I'm, I'm at a bathhouse trying to find love. Like we don't have to keep having these same type of stories, and that's why they fail. So if if they haven't figured that out yet, let Pose be the lesson they need. Let that be the PowerPoint that they're listen, the TED Talk they're listening to, mm-hmm. so they can figure out what to do better the next time. Yeah,
1: like for me, I think preparedness is Burning is a primer to. Yeah the 80s ballroom thing, Pose is the next story, the next class up.
0: Yeah.
1: Not even the next class up. This is like maybe junior level, senior level class.
0: Yeah. I even will say, this is Earth 2 version of Paris is Burning. Because I say that because they did introduce Aphrodite extravaganza. And I was yeah. like, no, y'all didn't. And I was a sudden, like, oh, oh. And so people were like, who is this? I said, what, is, what is that supposed to mean? I'm like, Venus extravaganza? Think about it, y'all. Venus,
1: I mean, yeah, the extra, uh, house of extravaganza is a real house. So. It's a real
0: house. And Venus is the Roman name for Aphrodite, which is the Greek name. So, yes, you can do that. And I was like, this is Earth 2 version, which is totally fine. But I like they even mention because some people are like I don't want them to mention other houses. I think I even said that that I don't want them to mention other houses. But I was like, no, this is fine because it's nice to kind of have that connection to the past. Mm.
1: And
0: that's totally fine. And Ryan. Like Mark- all of
1: the legendary children.
0: Yeah. Come on now, we need a T shirt with that. I need a T shirt. Legendary children. Because legendary I think. Legendary children. Yes. yes. Oh, now I'm thinking of. The way, because I remember when I was young and I first saw Paris is Burning, and the way he said that struck me. <laughs> to a point, I think I was talking like that for a moment. in the legendary children, and I was like, yes,
1: because oh. he is part of it. Yes. <laughs>
0: <I was> like, <laughs> that. <laughs> but but tell me, I Ernie, mean, I, you was probably feeling it too when he was doing that explanation of all of it. It was.
1: Oh, I always say it like that. You have to. <laughs> If you don't say legendary children, how he says legendary children, then you are not doing it justice.
0: I'm saying, it's you know again with Paris is burning that opened my eyes to so many things when I saw. I think I saw it in college, and it was like whoa, like this is a life I had no idea that's going on <laughs> in the world. I have nothing about. Like, you know, we think of New York at the time of my days it was all about MTV and real world and all that because it was all based in New York at the time and then this comes out and you learn about how Madonna didn't create Vogue but but how there's a world that was just really there and so to see Pose kind of pay homage to that but also really show us more of that world is amazing like it makes me want to be at these balls like they're different now but I love the fact how they show the balls like how they get all dressed up and um, this recent episode to see... <laughs> to see how um, Electra came back in her cape and all that. And Electra gives you performances and outfits and... I'm telling you, they... The conversations Electra and Blanca would have is classic Devereux, Kobe-ish. It's all that stuff. It's all that type of stuff. Especially that one conversation they had. Um, I think when Blanca beat her and something.
1: Yeah, and then uh, they would walk in and uh Electra had her car ready. Yeah. They said, and you will be there, bitch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I just love that this is that it's not that we can identify with what's going on in this show.
1: Like right, it's, it's, exactly.
0: It's not like white people are putting the words to this. It's like, no, this is what we will be saying, or what we probably already said, or the way that um, Electra come when she does her reads to people. It's like how we want to say it and be fabulous when we do it. Like, I want to be draped in somebody's fur reading somebody about, oh, your man, <laughs> well,
1: when I had When that little girl uh, <laughs> that her, her lip color was sperm, I said, <laughs> all right, let me go ahead. And rendered myself useless because <laughs> she just read that little girl all the way out. <laughs> I said, "Well, there's that."
0: That is. Oh my goodness! What else can we say about the show? We love the show, and I love that they're just giving us so much life about it—the characters, everything, the story. Um, who
1: knows? If you're not watching it, you need to be watching it. You
0: should be watching it. Instead of y'all talking about I'm gonna watch reruns of Will and Grace or whatever, watch this. Change it up a little bit. Watch something that gives you some perspective.
1: Right. Uh, well, I don't I don't have anything else, do you?
0: That is it. That is it for this week.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. So as always, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Porter Bizazz, Victor's at Wonderman5. Podcast is also on Twitter at Megashine Pod. You can like, rate, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play, or on Facebook at Megashine Pod, Instagram at Megashine Pod, our website as www.megashinepod.com. Uh, look for Victor at San Diego Comic Con. What in a couple of weeks? Oh
0: Lord, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Make sure you go to his panels. Um, what else?
0: Uh, we we got some special stuff coming up soon, um, and uh, check out our Twitter because we are getting the hashtag together soon. So keep that in mind.
1: And your uh, Kickstarter.
0: Yes. Um, so feel free. Look up Strange Lore Kickstarter. Donate. We are we. As what I have read, we're doing pretty decent um, to be close to $1,000 in seven days. Some people have raised more than that in two days, but we're not as popular as some other people. So that's totally fine. We still have plenty of time. We have 22 days. So we, we would love your help. So check us out and give what you can and help us out.
1: All right, y'all. And we'll see y'all later. All right. All